Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, the founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean beauty and the founder of K-beauty brand Jellyco. So welcome back to the show for another week. Uh, You'll have to accept my apologies that we did not have a show last week and you can probably still hear it in my voice a little bit, but I have just been very, very unwell for the last couple of weeks uh, and I'm still sort of hacking up along uh, over here. So I apologize if I sound a little bit croaky, uh, but that is why we didn't have a show last week. I am going to make up for it this week and I do actually have lots of uh, really fun episodes planned. So stick around. I apologize that there was no show last week. It should have been our news update special where we take a look at what is going on in the headlines here in Korea. So let's do that now, starting out with something that I know that a lot of our listeners are really invested in, and that is whether beauty devices really work. So this was actually a study, two studies that were related to the the Booster Pro device that uh, one of the Korean brands has put out that's been very, very popular. So Medicube has a range of different devices. They are beauty devices, and this is one of them. It was launched in October last year. It's known to be one of these next generation beauty devices that relies on, you know, technical know-how to actually improve your skin. So what has happened is that they've done two studies into the Booster Pro to see whether it really works or not. And the results were published in the Journal of the Korean Society of Cosmetics and the Journal of the Korean Society of Aesthetics. So one of the leading beauty journals basically in Korea. Uh, And it's been around since the 90s. So what they were looking at in these studies was skin improvement, the effect of high-frequency microporation, RM as it's commonly referred to, and electroporation, EP is what that's commonly shortened to, skin beauty devices combined with glutathion amples and the effect of home beauty devices equipped with microcurrent and medium frequency functions on facial skin elasticity and lifting. What a mouthful. So basically two studies in short. One was looking at skin improvements using these RM and EP devices along with a glutathione ample, which is a very specific type of product. The second study was a little bit more broad and that was looking at whether home beauty devices with microcurrents Uh, function on the face for lifting and elasticity in a nutshell, because those names are just quite long. So basically what they wanted to do was verify the effectiveness of that particular combination of cosmetics and beauty devices. So the the first one, obviously they were doing it with a glutathione ample. So glutathione is one of these really great ingredients that's been trending in Korea for a little while now that is uh, well known to have uh, functional results for brightening the skin. However, uh, when it comes to results, there are actually quite a few different studies out there, not 
only on Koreans. I, I, I've read one before about uh, testing on uh, Filipino skin. That one I'm pretty sure was intravenous though. That was like uh, done via drip. I'm pretty sure that was that study. Whereas obviously there's a pretty big difference if you're going to be applying the, the products topically. And glutathione supplements are actually very popular in Korea at the moment. A number of different brands are doing that. So that's just a little bit of background as to why that particular combination was uh, being looked into. So obviously the uh, p- people that were participating in the, in the study were using one of the devices in conjunction with the glutathione ample and they actually uh, had 42 Korean women aged between 20 to 60 use the glutathione ample and the booster pro microcurrent function for two weeks and then the EMS function for four weeks uh, sorry for about two weeks and then they observed the changes in their skin so look straight up I can say that the the study is kind of limited like 42 people is not a whole lot and the other big issue with this study is that it was only conducted on people of one race so you know take away from that what you will but it was a limited study of people from a particular race age between 20 to 60 and all participants showed significant improvement indicators in the wrinkles around their eyes skin volume and dermal density so that was the first one the other one which was looking into the effectiveness of the microcurrent and medium frequency functions was designed to verify whether they're effective uh, and they also used Uh, Korean women aged 20 to 60, 44 people. And they basically compared the condition of their skin using the beauty device for about two weeks with the results before using it. And what they found was that there were... uh, significant changes observed in terms of skin elasticity and lifting. So what they're hoping is that those two studies will help prove the effectiveness of their devices. Obviously, that's probably why you would commission a study in the first place. So look, that shows some promising results. You know, there are limitations basically to to what they've done based on who they've chosen, how many people, and the fact that they're all of the same race. But these devices, Devices, I just think are not going to go away. They are very, very popular in Korea as well. I know a lot of different people that have them. I've spoken to uh, friends and thing, uh, family, uh, colleagues and whatnot that have them. And look, a lot of people really, really enjoy using them. I do think as with all devices, it's the kind of thing that if your budget allows for it, then you know there's probably no harm in doing it. But if you're going to have to really stretch to make it work, uh, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to offer you the same results as things that are done in clinic. I think we can probably all agree on that. That any of the kind of devices that are being used by professionals in clinic are just on a totally different level uh, in terms of the actual equipment itself, how they're calibrated. I mean, the fact that you need qualifications to use them tells you everything you need to know the the home beauty devices there is a limit to how dangerous they can be if people are going to be using them at home so i think it's a really personal decision whether you you know go out and buy these devices or not um but i thought that that was interesting in terms of you know they've actually done some studies commissioned some studies into it 
And yeah, there you go. So hopefully that is useful information for people that are maybe thinking about pulling the trigger on one of these devices. If you have one and you're currently using one, you'll have to let me know if you like it, which one you're using. Uh, The other thing I've noticed is that the the, uh, technology seems to get upgraded all the time. So there are a couple of devices that were uh, launched by LG a few years ago. And I was looking into them and they've already superseded the technology and like gone down a different direction. So that's the only other thing that, you know, if you go out and spend hundreds of dollars um, or, you know, hundreds of thousands of one on one of these things, you know, next year or the year after there might be something bigger and better, um, you know, than there used to be. Whereas I guess if you're going to a clinic to have a treatment done, they are paying the outlay for the equipment. I don't know. There's lots of different considerations involved. I think that's pretty fair to say um the red light masks used to be all the rage but it seems that in in just the last couple of years it's moved on to these kind of beauty devices that do sort of the lifting uh and elasticity kind of trying to replicate the uh, uh, effects that you get from hifu uh, and products like that that are used in clinics so there you go hopefully that's interesting information to some of our listeners now the other thing that i was very happy to see in the news is that our very very own Jellico Cherry Blossom Sleeping Mask was actually featured in Better Homes and Gardens magazine. They did a roundup of the best face masks, uh, including actually some devices. So they were rounding up the best devices, um, the best leave-on masks and sheet masks. And we actually got featured in that, which was pretty exciting. Uh, that product, uh, it won uh, the Prevention Magazine Best of Beauty Award at the end of last year. And ever since since then, it's like been flying off the shelves. So I'm really happy to see that she's finally getting the love that I think she deserves. I'm obviously very biased, but uh, that was very, very exciting for our team this week to see that. So she was in Better Homes and Gardens magazine in like a full page spread, which was really nice. Now, I had a listener reach out on Instagram to ask uh, a question, and that is going to be this week's question of the week. And that is, can you explain why makeup is so much higher quality and cheaper in Korea? I'm in Perth and it's just not the same in all caps. So for those of our listeners that aren't Australian, Perth is uh, one of our capital cities. It's the capital of Western Australia. Uh, so it doesn't get as much airtime properly as the bigger cities like Sydney and Melbourne, but Perth is uh, a city in Australia. So that is where our listener is coming from. So look, I think it's definitely true that you can find, uh, look, higher quality. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously Korean co- cosmetics in general are very high quality, cheaper. Yeah. They will be cheaper than a lot of other countries. And I think the reason for this, when it comes to makeup and skincare in general, is just that Korea is a manufacturing hub. It's a destination for makeup and cosmetics generally. It's really taken on uh, a new role, I think, in the global beauty industry in the last five to 10 years. And that is that more and more people are coming to Korea to make their cosmetics. Obviously, we have a bunch of different brands 
domestic brands that also make their products here. But, you know, for a lot of the manufacturers and the labs and the research centers, they are not just making products for Korean companies. They are making products for companies from all over the world. Korea has such a fabulous reputation now as being, you know, a center of excellence for this kind of thing. But the other big benefit that Korea really has that other countries no longer have, and when I say other countries, I'm I'm thinking about uh, Western countries like Australia, like the States that used to manufacture a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's just become too expensive for a lot of people to keep making stuff in house or in the in the country. And the reasons for that are many. But, you know, one of the big ones is uh, how much it costs to pay labor. Uh, you know, in Australia, we have a minimum wage, which I know is a thing in a lot of other countries. And it's just very, very high. It is extremely expensive to hire staff and run a business in Australia. And that's just not the same in other countries. And Korea is one of them. So we do actually have um, which is the minimum wage in Korea, but it's set much lower than um, Australia f- for certain, I think. Uh, currently, it is around man won, which is 10,000 won. Uh, now, uh, I'm not quite up to date on my USD to Korean won exchange rate, but like it's under $10 US. Let's call it maybe like $8.50 or $9 an hour. And a lot of people might say, oh, that's, you know, outrageous. How can you live off that? Well, it's very different cost of living over here to start with. Public transport is a lot cheaper. There are accommodation options and rental options available for people that are, you know, nothing like what you would see in a major city in the US. US or Australia. It can be a lot cheaper to rent, uh, you know, a small space or whatnot. So in general, the cost of living here is much cheaper, which means that Korea still has the ability to manufacture a lot of things in Korea. Uh, you know, it's not on the same level as China, but, you know, there, there aren't sweatshops or issues with child labor or anything like that in the same way in Korea. Now, that's not to say Korea is... Uh, Uh, you know, a perfect paradise that doesn't have any issues, Uh, you know, from time to time in the news here, there will be roundups of factories and whatnot doing the wrong thing and hiring illegal workers. I think that's a pretty universal issue. But in general, you know, Korea has standards for these kind of things. There's a minimum wage, there are conditions, there are inspections and audits and all of these kind of things. So Korea is still a manufacturing hub. And what that means is that there is a lot more competition. There is a lot more skill in the country when it comes to actually making makeup. And that means there are a lot of options for companies and brands to choose from when they decide who's going to make their products. So I have worked with a lot of different manufacturers here in Korea over the years, and many of them will have their own specialty. So color cosmetics, hekjo hwajangpum is what we call it in Korea, is one of those specialties. Uh, So, you know, you will often go to a different company for certain skincare products versus 
uh, you know, another manufacturer if you were to make eyeliners or something like that. So you will find that there are certain companies here on the ground that that is what they specialize in. They make really fantastic lip tints or they make really great mascaras. Now, the bigger companies tend to do everything, obviously, because they have a lot more staff, a lot more money uh, and a lot more money to spend on research and development. But there are a lot of different manufacturers at all different levels. And I think that's the thing that a lot of other countries are missing. You know, other countries might have manufacturers that work with really big companies and multinationals, but they're lacking things at the indie level or the small to medium business level. And that's what Korea has in spades. So I think that is uh, the thing that sets Korea apart, really, particularly in this sector when it comes to things like makeup. Uh, And, you know, we can afford to keep prices down in manufacturing. I mean, not always. Some things are more expensive to make than others, but there's a lot of stuff at that cheaper end of the market just because prices are a little bit more contained here. Uh, Labor costs aren't as high. There is more competition. There are more people doing it. Uh, So, you know, it's an entire industry, really. I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is you know, hoping, I guess, to share a little bit more is the industry that actually goes behind all of the the flashy marketing and, you know, the new product releases and all of that is that this is, you know, big business, but also a big driver of growth in Korea as well. So look, that is a very, very long answer to your question. Um, But I think that's why I honestly think that all of those things factor into why makeup in Korea is much higher quality and cheaper than you will find in a lot of other countries and certainly I know that our listeners from Europe they tell me that very frequently they're like you just can't find anything like this in Europe so I know it's not just Australia I know it's America look America has so many options that other countries don't have I don't know if a lot of you realize how lucky you are you know Americans are always saying oh but we don't have this that or the other America has so many more options than everywhere else to begin with Uh, but yeah it, it is just a little bit different here so that is uh, hopefully an answer to your question. If you do have a question that you would like answered for the question of the week, find uh, you know a way to reach out to me. You can either leave me a DM on my Instagram. You can send me uh, an, or our team an email. We are admin at stylestory.com.au. That will get passed on to me. Uh, anyway, you would like to get in touch, really, if you have a, a burning question you would love answered on the show. All right. The one other thing I also wanted to mention, because I know from time to time our listeners are interested in things like this, is product testing opportunities. So we are currently running a global testing opportunity on Jellico for our Gelato Glaze lip mask that we launched last year. So make sure that you're following Jellico's Instagram and our TikTok as well. If you're keen to try out some new K-Beauty products this year, we're looking for real people to review the products. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'd love to do that, but like I'm not an influencer don't worry, you don't need to be. We're looking for real feedback from real people to actually test the products out and try it out. You don't need to be someone that has a whole camera set up or anything like that. That's not what this is about. This is just real feedback that we can then feed into our product development process, work out what you love, what you'd like more of, 
all of those things. So if you think that sounds like me, then make sure that you are following our Instagram and our TikTok accounts. Uh, We're going to have a few more of those this year and it is a global testing opportunity. So you can be based anywhere in the world. We can get the product over to you so that you can review it. So I thought I would just share that one. That particular one, the applications are opened until the 31st of January, uh, but we will have more opportunities this year as well. Okay, now over onto the Style Story website where we have had some new K-Beauty reviews. Now, the first one was a five-star review for Dialba's White Truffle First Spray Serum, and our reviewer said, this spray is the first I've ever purchased, and I'll be back. I work in an office as a clinic nurse, and I'll give a spray every two to three hours throughout the day. It helps me feel refreshed and glowy. Definitely coming back for more. So thank you very much to our reviewer. Now, we also had a four-star review. This was for Kahi. Multibum. And our reviewer said, I understand why this is a beloved product. It makes me look dewy and fresh faced. The only reason I didn't give five stars was the smell is a little odd to me, but not enough to make me stop using it. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Look, I have the product as well. I can't say that I've noticed any particular smell, but scent is so personal. Like what one person considers to be the best smelling product ever, another person can just be like, ew, that sounds disgusting. Or, you know, like even unfragranced products, that's another one. Um, Products that are deliberately unfragranced usually tend to have a big mixed reaction. Some people are like, oh, it smells like vomit or it smells like off milk. And then other people are like, nah, it just smells like the raw ingredients. So I think scent is a very, very personal one. But thank you very much to our reviewer for sharing your thoughts. Now, for this week's recommendation of the week, I know that a couple of our listeners tuned into previous seasons. So I am sharing my recommendation to tune into Singles Inferno season three. Whether you've seen the other ones or not, I think you could still appreciate this show. It's a dating reality show. Uh, It's out on Netflix and they do actually have English subtitles. I'm not sure if there are other language subtitles, but they certainly have at least translated it into English. And one thing I found really interesting about this season, you know, because I was uh, a little bit, I don't know whether I'll bother tuning in again, like, you know, by the third season, the format tends to get a little bit stale. And I'm so glad I actually tuned in because uh, they've They've changed it up, basically. They have done something quite different to shake up the format. I won't spoil it because I think it was very cleverly done. And it certainly added a little bit more mystery and intrigue and made it quite a fun season. So if you've seen the other two and you're, you're on the fence about whether you should bother with a third, I would say yes. The other thing that made this a really good season is there was one contestant in particular who was quite controversial, uh, a male contestant. If you if you have seen it, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But watching this particular contestant and like the things he did, 
was just like very interesting. I was like screaming at the screen in a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I was getting really, really worked up by a lot of the stuff that he did. So I actually think this was a really great season. I was very impressed by it. I thought they did a really good job. I'll be interested to see. I assume because of how popular it's been, they'll probably do season four, right? So I, I'd be interested to see if they're going to keep this new uh, format or they're going to shake it up in some other way. But suffice to say if you have a little bit of time to waste and you like this genre of show where people are you know thrown into some a random situation I mean this is not spoiling anything the the random situation is that they're put onto like a deserted island uh, and they don't have all the mod cons and creature comforts that they normally have uh, and they basically need to date their way off the island to get onto like a better place that's the format of the show Uh, it's interesting it's really really interesting so if you like that kind of thing uh it's on netflix at the moment i enjoyed it so i thought i would share it with you guys i am gonna finish it up here for today because i need to go and take a big drink of water because my throat i can feel that frog coming back up it so i'm gonna leave it here for today i will be back in your ears next week and until then i will see you on style story 